You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place we expect a ghost to like to wander around. Hey, we all know that we're going down, baby. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your wonderful host, JC. With me today, as per usual, is the queen of everything herself, Kiki. Yo, yo. And our local cryptid enthusiast, Cord. I said yo, yo this time. See? Yes, that is a toy that came out probably about the time you were alive. That was before my time. Was it? Are you sure? Yes. Hey, hey, hey. This is all very interesting, but I have something very important I need to discuss with you two right now. I'm excited. Let's do this. So we're we're coming up on spooky season, right? Hell yeah. And we're becoming now dangerously close to one of the most important, I think, podcast milestones that you could really have. Uh, so I, I need to at least put it out there and I need to know your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, are we doing a sexy ghost episode for episode 69? Cause we can't really fuck that up. Cause the next one we have <laughs> is all the way over at 420. So we really need to nail 69. And I think I need to put it out there that we need to do a sexy ghost episode. You know that I am. 110,000% in for Sexy Ghost 69. Fuck yeah. You heard it here first, listeners. We will be doing a Sexy Ghost episode for 69. Yes! Because yes! we're all I like need it! 12. It should be like uh, ghost sex. Like I had sex with a ghost stories. The only reason I'm saying it is because... After episode 69, there's that huge gap to 420, <laughs> and you really have to nail it on 69 to bring them in so that they listen to 420. That's all I'm saying. We need a sexy ghost episode. We're all in. <laughs> today's episode angers me to no end. Wait, wait. Before we get to today's episode, uh, we, we, got some, we got some things to chat about, okay? We got, it's been a while, guys. Yeah, I know. Oh, wait. Hold on. What's yours first? What's yours? You go. Okay, so I was listening to Canadian Spirit. Hello, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly's the bomb. Kelly was kind of making fun of Matt Moneymaker's last name. Now, do you guys know who that is? No. No. Oh, good. Well, you're better for not knowing. Anyway. I mean, I'm better for many reasons, but okay. <laughs> it's one of the many. So he hosts uh, Finding Bigfoot, and he's superbly bad at it, by the way. Well, they haven't found Bigfoot yet, so... <laughs> okay, I know who that is, sure. I didn't know he had such a dumb name. Yeah, okay, thank you, because Kelly couldn't stop laughing every time he tried to say moneymaker, and he was like, well, that's appropriate, because honestly, oh my god, I read about this guy, he claims to be the first in this, the first in that, and the first in whatever, and I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. First of all, there's a woman biologist on that show, like a field biologist. It was on TV. I kept it on in the background. And I'm, all of a sudden, I'm listening to him. And first of all, he sounds like a total douchebag anyway. He says something like, well, I've been studying footprints for 25 years. And, you know, well, that's not how he talks. He talks like a douchebag, really. And wow. what does she know? And I'm just like, 
oh my god she's a fucking like actual field biologist how how dare you you know how very dare you the few episodes of that show that i did watch i remember she was my favorite character because they're like this is such a crazy story it's just like i don't think that story was even remotely true and they're like what (laughs) (laughs) how could you not believe such a story on a bigfoot show she's like yeah but i'm like a reasonable human being i don't thank you thank you that's exactly how that show comes off there is one reasonable person it's her and i can't remember her name right now if you need to laugh at that show because as a bigfoot guy i laugh at that show's existence all the time Djibouti dubs does does has a great video on it (laughs) just making fun Mm. of almost specifically him i'm a big fan of the Djibouti dubs youtube Djibouti dubs shout out to Djibouti Booty dubs. I just wanted to say it. It's a fun word to say. After I tuned into Canadian Spirit, basically shot him a text and was like, hey, Kelly, you know, anytime you want to come on the show and talk about Matt Moneymaker for like 30 minutes and, and make fun of his stupid ass and completely end our paranormal careers like before they get started, let's do it. You know, he's like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. And I thought, yeah, right. Like, who, who the fuck is he? He's nobody. When you look him up, I have to just add this last part. Then I'm going to get to something really cool. When you look him up, it doesn't say Bigfoot researcher. It literally says actor. Actor. If that gives you any hint as to how I'm not taking him seriously at any of his work at all, that's it right there. Actor. Which fits in with our theme of haunted theater today. Theater. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I'm, I have stuff I also want to talk about. Okay, just hold. I know that. Just shut the fuck up, oh JJ. I wasn't done yet. I cross over from Canadian Spirit and I listen to Paul Vestal's show. We all know Paul Vestal, right? We all should know who that is. Ghost Story, guys. Well, I mean, now he's on there. Right. And also Mysteries and Monsters, which is a fantastic show. If y'all are not listening to that, you fucking need to. It is very good. He had a researcher on and I to just make it short because I can't remember her damn name, but she's I think she's from Texas. She got a tracking certificate. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's working towards becoming like a naturalist as well. She's really interesting. Her Bigfoot stuff is all about let's go out and let's be able to discount everything in the natural world around us. Right. So her tracking certificate is all about that. And she also has these little kits that are that are DNA analysis kits that you can bring with you on. I was like, this is amazing. I love it. Anyway, I'm getting my tracking certificate because of her and because of Paul. So, yeah. Yeah. Serious about Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, man. I'm doing it. Yeah. Okay. so we have some really cool stuff planned for the rest of October. We have at least one very special guest who's going to be joining us that we're super excited about. A lot of you listeners, especially our Canadian listeners, are going to know that person. So It's Canada Man. (laughs) It's Canada Man, yes. (laughs) It's actually a moose. (laughs) In a man costume. In a man costume. (laughs) Carrying a Molson with a hockey stick in one hand. And a jug of syrup in the other. Yes. <laughs> Mooses are like 11 foot tall. Wearing some uh, Bret Hart shades. Yeah. The moose is wearing a jersey from the Canucks. Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this the new Canada mascot? Is that the, that's a new uh, animal that represents the country. It's just a moose wearing all this garbage from Canada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it might never like be new saying, hey hold on a second come on man like the 
the the Canucks jersey is not garbage. Okay, hey, come on. I love it, maple syrup. Uh, me too. It's, a lot of it's made right here in Pennsylvania. And, and like Bret Hart was a cool guy, right? I mean, well, I mean, he was a yeah. good wrestler. We won't yeah. necessarily say he's a cool guy. <laughs> Considering that Canada is uh, number four in listenership, we really appreciate you guys. And obviously, we're just we're just joking a little bit. Uh, I also like mooses too. So and Bigfoot's there. Bigfoot's there. Great beers there. And one of our favorite people in the whole world is there. So wait, I'm there. Yeah. No. Oh no, not yeah. yet. Yeah, no. yeah. Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him too. Second favorite person. In the world. <laughs> so onward we're gonna take a brief uh little break here before we get into the meat of it and that is gonna be a promo for our wonderful little podcast buddies called october pod and it's the perfect podcast to start listening to in october because it's like creepy stories classic horror some retro horror found footage inspired ambient visuals and a soundscapes reminiscent of lost broadcasts of old time radio love this it's, it's on youtube yeah so if you have not hooked into october pod now is the time to do it and but then after that gonna be haunted theaters and me bitching about the paranormal community i'm edward october and i'm here at the october pod ranch in the great smoky mountains Almost every night here, there's a ghost story party around the campfire. In my family, we believe that scary stories are best told around a roaring fire with a bottle of wine. That's why bold individualists everywhere choose Octoberpod for their retro horror thrills. Our stories are so good because they're told with such care. Understated, moody, and above all, chilling. Why don't you join us? For retro horror of impeccable taste, choose Octoberpod. Find us on YouTube or at OctoberpodVHS.com. Octoberpod. Retro horror for bold individualists. Welcome back. Uh, theater. Are we talking movie theaters or acting theaters? We are talking about acting theaters. Acting theaters. I mean, sometimes in those movie theaters, I act like I like the movie. <laughs> All right, JC, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, buddy. You're Me done. Too. I'm done. You're done. We're all done. <laughs> Honestly, I get it. As I say, theaters are or playhouses of Pennsylvania. Certainly. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. Theater. Before I get angry. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just in a constant state of anger. Really. At this point, if you don't like literally rip your hair out screaming about it, I'm not going to think you got angry enough. You told us you're going to get really fucking pissed multiple times I now. I did. I also wrote, I also texted you guys and said that I was really pissed. Yeah. So if you don't like storm out of the room right. screaming in the background of your microphone, well. I don't think you got angry enough. I think you're overhyping it. <laughs> There might be slightly hype, might be slightly hyped up. <sighs> we know how I am, though. I'm a very dry sense of humor. I don't. We'll see how this goes. But first of all, do you guys know what a ghost light is? A light for ghosts? <laughs> Not far off. Isn't that what Pennywise used to attract the children to the sewers? And no, that's the dead lights. Ah. Fucking get good, kid. Fucking Man. fucking wrecked. Man, 
Yeah, what can I do for you? I'm very tired. So in the context of theater, aka playhouses. Theater. Theater. Do you know what a ghost house got ghost house? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that would be the house where the ghost lives. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start. Yep. Yep. It's <laughs> gonna be great. This is a shit show. Uh, of the highest caliber. Every episode. Ghost lights in in context of theater. Do you... I'm going to take a guess. Okay. I'm going to guess it's either when a light turns on that's not supposed to on the stage or the light follows somebody who's not on the stage. Bad guesses. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I actually you're going to laugh but JC's not far off from the truth. Oh my god. Yeah. It's a light for ghosts. Yeah. It's a light for ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, technically speaking, a ghost light is a single bulb light, usually kind of a floor lamp or of some kind, that shines dark stage all through the night when the theater's closed or unoccupied. Behind that was that, uh, just in case anyone had to be working in the theater very late at night, or anyone coming into the theater when it's very dark because it should be dark. Obviously, you don't want people like accidentally walking into the orchestra pit. <clears throat> Not that I've ever done that. Um, I feel like you've done that. I feel like <laughs> the way you phrase that makes it that is supposed to be like, "Nah, I did this." Am I correct? No. See, that was what's called. You walked into a theater pit, orchestra pit. That's what they're called. I'm. I really didn't. I was behind the scenes. I didn't. I did not act on stage. I did behind the stage stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I did behind the stage stuff too. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) There's no winning with me, Kiki. I know. I know. I was a loser the moment that I asked you to be on this podcast. Oh, owie. I mean, it hurts, but it's also true. So, like, I get it. Listen, are you, though? Because eventually you got the package deal of JC and me, and that's not a loss. That is true. Now I'm back to being even. It's even again now. <laughs> Yay. It's a, level, it's a level up. Thank you. I'm a net positive. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Yay, I'm a negative. (laughs) (laughs) You sure are. (laughs) Anyway, so that's the practical use of the ghost light. However, there is a theater legend that says that every theater has a ghost and that you leave the light on for them, which I think is very sweet. I don't. I actually like that more than my guess. So before we get into theaters that I do actually feel have very good possibilities of being haunted let's talk about one that i think uh man i don't know definitely isn't Mm. is is that where you're going with this no here's okay here is where what we do or what we're attempting to do is i think very important to the paranormal community this particular playhouse uh, and i will start out by saying it is called the oyster mill playhouse and it is cumberland county pennsylvania it's on oyster mill road in camp hill pennsylvania and it is a very prestigious 
Playhouse, as I've come to find out. I personally was not too familiar with it because I'm not really that familiar with that area of Pennsylvania. And we have some pretty nice theaters up this way. And my niece is actually involved in theater in this area. She's very good. And so I've, I've gotten to see a lot of productions, but they're all from up here. So this was kind of a learning experience for me, too, as far as, oh, this theater is actually really awesome. They've been doing this for years, except that the location that they're currently in now, uh, they bought that in 96, I believe, is what, what it was. And the building, oh boy, I do not know where some of the information came from. So I'm hoping. Probably the internet. No, and that's the uh, <laughs> That's possibly the sad part about it. I, I wound up going down this like rabbit hole of this whole entire area of Pennsylvania because I didn't realize like how intriguing this was going to wind up being and having nothing to do at all with the fucking Oysterville Playhouse. I was like, wow, I know. I now know that at some point in the 1800s, there were six horses that got struck by lightning and were killed instantly. What? Yeah, I know. Right. That's it's a fucked up story. Couple I am. Like they all got hit by one bolt of lightning or like Yes. That's mm. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, a a lovely website that I found and it is called genealogytrails.com. So it's a little weird because I thought genealogy trails, what is this? Oh, it's all about genealogy. No, it's actually more than that. You can go in there and look up any county and there are news articles and it's all hand transcribed kind of stuff for you but it gives you you know the original news article the dates um everything that happened and it goes from about 1770 ish to 1914 so now that i have this nice little website under my belt so to speak i know where i can go for some kind of obscure information that i have not been able to find elsewhere so thank you to that website because they're doing a great job and a great service keeping that up so i was able to sift through a lot of cumberland county's fires for example and really strange happenings and murders and accidental death and yeah like really really great website uh fuck hold on a second yeah i'm gonna destroy this because i've listened to how to say it a couple times but i'm i'm still i'm not getting it it's um kind of dog when it kind of dog when it creek yeah i think that's i think that's pretty close yeah it's 104 mile long. It's a tributary of the Susquehanna River. What I find interesting is that it is the Lenape word, which means a long way with many bends. And boy, is that true. This thing is like, it's a snake. It just goes all through Cumberland County. The playhouse used to be a sawmill slash grist mill. This is where things get kind of like weird. So I'm, I'm going to tell you... Perhaps I'll start with the original research, which was I went to a couple different magazines, different kind, few different articles. Okay, so Harrisburg Magazine, PenLive.com. PenLive.com usually does a pretty decent job uh, on their articles. And then something called Century21Core.com, which sounds like it's actually run by an offshoot of Century 21 Realty. The interesting thing is that all three of those magazines, Harrisburg Magazine and PenLive, basically looks like it's just copy and pasted from the same information just the same misinformation in some cases and century21core.com also had another piece of misinformation that was repeated in a in a, a blog from a, a local blogger that 
was talking about haunted locations. Uh, that piece of information is that, that for some reason, three different times, and including an interview with someone who supposedly worked there, insisted that this used to be a farmhouse. And this is only important because the haunting, one of the hauntings, is supposedly, in quote, large quotations here, a husband and wife who used to live in the farmhouse. Well, okay, um, this was never a farmhouse as far as I can tell. It was a sawmill and a gristmill. And I'm going to use two things, actually, to prove that. One, CBS News 21 Harrisburg did a, a little thing about the Oyster Mill Playhouse for Halloween. I think it was like 2015. I think that they did this. So that was on that was like on air. And there was a group there called the PA Paranormal Group. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really find anything about them. Wait, like they're called the PA Paranormal Group? That's what that's what it said. Yes. Yes. And that's come up twice two different times I'll, I'll get to that in a minute it's kind of bizarre but what harrisburg news 21 had come up with with their research and what i could also find kind of the same is that abraham eister e-y-s-t-e-r owned the land eister is p-a dutch for oyster this is why it gets changed to oyster so most people refer to him as abraham oyster Okay. He buys the grist mill slash sawmill in 1807. Okay. He enlarges it on the property. Now, this is interesting because it just says on the property, he builds a distillery and a tavern. Okay. Now, I was able to find a beautiful map. It was really, it actually was like fortuitous. And I love this map and I'm definitely going to use it again. It's a map of Cumberland County from 1858. It's uh, one, the first time they do a really good survey of the land. And it's so freaking cool because a, some of the places that were talked about in the news articles I mentioned, they're on this map. And sure enough, there's Oyster Gristmill. And the if they're a sawmill slash gristmill, it'll say G and S. So this says GS Oyster Mill. Okay, perfect. So even in 1857, this is, or 1858, this is what it is. It's a mill. Now, Oyster, though, they owned a lot of land. They owned all the land surrounding the grist mill. They owned some land on the other side of the, the creek because of the way the creek scoops around like a big old snake. And then and some of the properties are listed under like Abraham. Some are listed under Simon. So you can tell this is like the family kind of passing down. Even Harrisburg News 21 said these things have long been you know dismantled. We don't know exactly where the distillery or the tavern was. And unfortunately, even the map doesn't show me exactly where that stuff was. It only shows me who owned these portions of land. And, and approximately if there was a house on it, it shows a little square so that I know like this is where someone actually lived. Okay, so there's nothing to indicate this was ever a farmhouse. If anyone knows anything at all about gristmills, the last thing that you're going to want to put near it is a house or a distillery. <laughs> and do you know why? No, but I'm hoping you'll tell me. Because <laughs> they catch fire a lot. I, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as attested to as many of the news articles that I just happened to go down the list of all the fires that ever happened in Cumberland County that were mills, mill, mill, mill. I mean, <laughs> um, it just it just happens. And it has to do with the fact that you are producing a lot of dust 
from the grain that you're milling and it's highly combustible. It ignites pretty quickly and it can really just catch fire very, very fast. Little fun fact for people who don't know, if you put flour to a fire, it doesn't catch fire. It explodes. Yes. It's a really crazy to watch because you do not expect it until you see it like in a video or something like flour explodes when you throw it on a fire. <laughs> yeah. So imagine an entire building covered in that. <laughs> yeah. So would you live in there? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Let's live inside the fire house. The- Out of spite of you, Kiki? Yes, I would. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course you would. Yes. In 1858, yeah. <laughs> That's how he died, actually. Probably. <laughs> so what I could find was that across the board, it seems that the building at one point was used as a general store, which I could believe. It was a dance hall at one point. And the last thing it was before the Metropolitan Repertory Company Incorporated bought it was storing plumbing equipment. Then the building is bought by them and they begin renovations over time. They add a second floor to it. And if you see it, it kind of sits out alone by itself because that's probably like what it was. Like it was a grist mill. It was out there on the creek by itself with no other buildings around it just in case it ever caught fire. Word. I kept reading these articles about how it used to be a a house. It was originally a farmhouse. And I'm like, no indication of that in any of the research that I did at all. There is a book and I will buy it. It's $63. It is put out by the Cumberland County Historical Society. I found out about it too late to record this. And even if I'd ordered it yesterday, you know, obviously it's not going to get here and it's not available on Kindle. So it's not like something I could just quickly grab and read. I am very curious to find out if it ever was a farmhouse, but I highly doubt it. I just, I just don't think so based on the map alone and any of the other evidence that we had. However, these people insist that the two ghosts are from the farmhouse that I can't prove was there or not. But I feel like I'm 90% sure there's no way this was ever a farmhouse. Yeah, but like, what if it was? Well, I'll find out. He offers a valid point. No, Kiki, I need you to debate this. (laughs) What if it was? Because, like, (laughs) that's a valid argument. Okay. All right. No, that's fine. If it was, then sure. I, I will... I will believe you when you are insisting that these two ghosts in particular used to live in the house and that they really like particular seats in the auditorium that you've now made in like it used to be their house and they enjoy sitting there and watching your plays. Sure. Sure. That's fine. Good. Thank you. I'm glad we came to that conclusion. I feel like Cord might have won the debate. (laughs) What if it was just like workers at the mill why would you haunt the place that you used to work at you died there because you and your spirits trapped because you spend most of your life there it never (laughs) it never got set on fire okay so let's move on to ghost number three she says your arguments are dumb (laughs) the one that says that there's a man that's here and he died in a fire which fire did he die in exactly can you please tell me because there's no fucking fire that happened at this location. The fire at the Grismo. No. You know. Not this one. Not the this fire, one. 
the fire that happened. Try again. That he was smoking a pipe and he <laughs> and fell he was asleep. In flour and he just he fell a asleep, okay. right? Yeah. And then he woke up and his co worker was dumping butane all over his body. And <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with the flower at all. <laughs> that yeah. one. You remember that one? You read about that okay. one. No, I actually didn't. <laughs> There's well, no evidence of it. Or did any more of research than you. Okay, that's what you. I'm saying. Paper <laughs> articles from the area. There's nothing. It's not a goddamn person who died in a fucking fire. Lies. One moment. I'm, where's this at? I'm about to go kill myself in a fire. <laughs> Had access to the entire Cumberland fucking county, like the whole area, to Perry County. To all the other counties around it and guess what i listen i thought i might actually found the couple i was like okay let's pretend that it was never a farmhouse okay actually let's not pretend because i really feel like it never was one anyway yeah, um, gonna say, you just said pretend so that kind of disproves what you're saying what right i'm there, saying is what i'm you know prior to <laughs> finding the map motherfucker shut the fuck up <laughs> so so I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't look like this was ever a farmhouse. But what if there were two people, husband and wife, who died like close by? And wow, I was floored. There actually was a couple that fell into the creek during the winter time. The article was fantastic. It gave like super detailed information about where they fell into the creek, which was very helpful. Also went on a, man, I'm gonna have to Kiki's quirks this next one because it turns out there's a cave that wound up having some like super ornithological information in it that i didn't even know about this is really fascinating that's a side note but anyway so i, I knew where the cave was on the map from 1856 thank you very much or 57 or whatever fucking year i said it was and sure enough like there's the dam there's the other grist mill where they fell into into the water mm -hmm. i was able to find out how far away that was now the story was that they were husband and wife they lived in perry county which is to the north of cumberland and that they were on their way home after having done some business near carlisle unfortunately they were trying to cross over the creek they thought it was safe it was winter time there was ice but the woman broke through the ice they wound up finding her body she drowned though the husband had fallen in, but he was able to get to the side. But by the time someone found him, he was in like massive hypothermia and he wound up dying a few hours Ouch. after they found him. Yeah. So very sad story. And just one of many different crazy stories that are available on this website that you can read and have access to. Right. Here's the thing, though. It was a five hour walk away from where the theater is where this grist mill is okay so that kind of like mm, they wouldn't even be near it they wouldn't have gone past it they didn't have they weren't traveling in that direction at all so i was a little bit disappointed in that well like i'm looking for something that fits the bill instead of asking the question is there really fucking ghosts at this theater at all or is this just a bunch of made-up bullshit to get people to come into the theater she doesn't even need to be a thing because the theater is actually successful and one of the best ones in Pennsylvania. They have a very good reputation as far as their their plays go. Keep that in mind. Okay, so the couple, I give up on it. I'm like, well, okay, maybe it's just some weird thing. Maybe Abraham and his wife are still hanging out on the property because they love this place. It was in their family for generations, obviously, blah, blah, blah. Moving on with my life. Now, supposedly, there's a little girl that likes to hang out as well why is there always a little girl 
Because the little girls are creepy. Also, kids used to die a lot. Yeah, well, okay. The site is a former grist mill. Okay. Children weren't there. They just... Uh, child labor laws weren't around. Oh, my God, JC. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. There was no <laughs> children. You're thinking of, like, New York City. Man, this is... No, this is the middle of nowhere. Kids weren't working in fucking grist mills. Yeah, they had woods to get lost in. <laughs> exactly. They had creeks to drown in, okay? Uh, and also, get struck by lightning, believe it or not, there's an article about a girl who was, again, with the lightning. She just... She's cooking dinner with her family. The lightning came in the house and struck, like, the stove that she was working on, and she died. That's fucking crazy. So would you say that while she was cooking dinner, she got cooked? God damn it. Anyway. Do you think she was served fried? Oh, God. Stop. I'm going to hell. She was definitely baked, bro. She was playing with the oven. Yeah, (laughs) duh. So, okay. Little girl is only seen by one person who happens to also be the same person who's talking about the husband and wife who supposedly, you know, are from the farmhouse that was probably not ever there and then then of course we have the guy who uh, you know died in a fire mysterious and mysterious man who died oh and i'm sorry there's five ghosts all together because apparently there's also like a mysterious man not to be confused with the man who died in the fire different guy mystery man yes mystery man so the husband and wife the little girl fire dude and mystery man yeah so first of all i get irritated because i'm trying to just research this place and just get some like base information before i can delve into my personal research as i always do and um, this is where we come across what i like to call the internet circle jerk where everyone is just repeating the same misinformation over and over and over again and i'm okay that's not where i thought that was gonna go but we're good (laughs) but i but i want to i want to believe you know i'm not gonna i want to believe you people when you say that you see crazy things and what things happen to uh, but one of the articles that I came across, it, it named someone in particular. Okay. And then the CBS News team won that actually also named someone else. So and in this case, I'm not going to name names. Kind of no point to it, but I do feel like I might have. Well, anyway, you'll see. But, so I look up, <laughs> I look up the first guy, right? I'm like, I wonder if there's anything on this dude. These guys are supposedly the paranormal PA paranormal group, right? Which I couldn't find them anywhere. I try to find this one guy. I don't find nothing on him. Then then the other name pops up twice. Okay, once in this article that's full of problems. And again, on the CBS News, like he was on the paranormal team. So I look him up and lo and behold, I find that he and my other guy not only work at this theater doing sound engineering, and sound effects they've worked at a couple other theaters and they are also apparently the members of the pa paranormal group Mm. so what you're saying is these people have probably the know-how of how to uh create sounds and illusions in their working environment where they're at at least probably 40 hours a week and they're also the ones that investigate it for ghosts even though ghosts would be considered profitable to have at this place, and they definitely don't have any vested interest in there being ghosts there, right? That's that's what we're like. It get, it gets better. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> because um, because in the the news article in 2019, it stated that 
the Oyster Playhouse was now considering running ghost tours. Oh. Yeah. Mm, got them. And guess what? The lady that said that she saw all these things happen or has had experiences also works for the Playhouse. Jeez. I get it because like you're there for a bunch. You're going to have experiences more than a guy that's you, know, you like to come see the play. You're going to be there in off hours. Like I get it. But like, why would you then be the ones that invest like investigate it? And there's just so much bias potential. I'm not going to say it's like completely you know, they're 100% faking it, but there's a very high chance of it being lies for publicity. Right. When CBS News went there, and then I said, this, again, this is from 2015. You can look this up. It's on YouTube, and I might even if I remember to do it. I'll put the little link in there so you guys can watch this yourselves. But they did have a couple of strange things happen. One was picking up uh, audio where there shouldn't have been any. Right. Oh, from the sound tech guys, the guys who no. can do sound tech. No, I'm saying that, you know, the people who are experiencing the stuff and are sound technicians. No, no, these were the guys. This was actually the news team, not not the sound guys. So so let's say the news team comes in, they have all their own people. OK, so I did think this was interesting coming from them. And one of them, too, was uh, one of the girls uh, who's a sound engineer for the for the news team. OK. Uh, it was like i went to set everything up and and uh i did have a really weird thing happens to me i got a bunch of popping and crackling in the microphone which like has never happened like it's just it's a little weird like i have to say not that i'm a believer one way or the other but she's like but it's just a little weird because this was never happened right and then the other one same thing it was the news team member who picked up some audio that was technically would have been kind of an EVP because nobody heard it in real time. But yet when they played it back, there was some noise there that shouldn't have been there. Right. So I'm like, okay, so let's say, let's say the Oyster Mill Playhouse really is haunted. At least fucking get your goddamn facts correct. I mean, it doesn't take a PhD to be able to like sift through some of this stuff and, you know, and find out what I found out. I will say this, the news article at least said that, an angry mill worker who presumably died in a fire. Okay. I'm like, that's, yeah. How about, does he have to be a mill worker? What if he's just an angry asshole spirit who's just hanging out because the place was empty for too long? How many times have we talked about how sometimes a spirit might attach itself to somewhere that has been abandoned for too long? You know, maybe it just kind of got stuck there when... It was nothing when it was an in-between stages before the Playhouse bought it. But then you become super sus to me when you're like working there and also making this stuff up, basically. And, oh, we also want to start ghost tours? Like, uh, come on, man. No. I think I should do ghost tours of my apartment. You should, because your apartment is actually fucking haunted. I've never been in your apartment, so let's do it. I'll be your first customer. Okay. I'll pay you. I'll pay you in smooches. <laughs> nice. That's the only form of currency I accept. So I mean, at least you have a, the story there too that is backed up by your neighbors who had completely separate and yet same Z kind of experiences with your ghost that makes it all kind of weird and crazy. You know, you guys hadn't even talked to each other yet about it when you're all like, "Hey, there's some weird shit going on in this place." Mm -hmm. that said all of that said i will still say the oyster playhouse 
Incorporated, I believe, has little to do with the extracurricular activities of a couple. And I mean, a couple of their employees slash, you know, whatever you want to call them, because they're not they don't just work at the Playhouse. They work other places, too. It's a fantastic place to go see a play. The acting is amazing. And every every article that I read about all the plays that I've, they've put on, it has been top notch and five stars all the way. So they don't need it to be haunted to have this be an amazing place to go see a play. And it sucks because if COVID was not still a thing, I would definitely consider going. So I think they just did The Woman in Black, actually, as a place. So that was pretty fucking cool. Uh, then I got super annoyed because I, I decided to do the Pittsburgh Playhouse because this is one of the oldest playhouses in Pennsylvania, if not, I think it was actually the oldest. It was over 100 years old. There were, <laughs> notice I'm saying were, after I got done all the fucking research, I realized... It burned down, didn't it? No. They oh. changed venues. I did all the backstory and did all the heavy research on the back end of it to see if you know, what was real, what wasn't real. And then I came across uh, YouTube videos of it, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I even get to see the inside of it. And it turned out it was kind of the final tour because they moved the location. So there still is a Pittsburgh Playhouse, but it's in a completely different location now. And the last thing that I read was that the, um, and this just happened too, it's like in the last couple of years. So they weren't sure what was going to happen to the old Playhouse, but it sounds like it's going to get torn down for multiple reasons, which I could, I'll get into in a second. However, it does beg the question, what's going to happen to the ghosts that are there? See? Because even though there's discrepancies with some of the ghosts here, some of it's been put straight. And I do want to talk about that because uh, I think the biggest one is there was um, an actor named John Johns. I hate his name, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) This one to me, I think, is the most like solid. If I was going to investigate, this is like this is the guy who I'd want to contact. So he's a. An actor, one story I read said that he had a heart attack on stage and that he was taken to a dressing room and that he died in the dressing room. I believe the correct story as far as it coming directly from people that have worked for the Playhouse for a long time, a lot of people tried to set the record straight, so to speak. So like, well, back in the day, we actually had a bar. It wasn't necessarily like, well... Let's just say this this place used to be like four million different effing things. It, it's crazy. But at the time, I don't think it was actually a bar, but they were maybe having a reception in that area. He had a heart attack in the, in that area. So he definitely had a heart attack in the playhouse. But as far as him being taken to the dressing room and then passing away there, that's actually false. He He died in a hospital. But do I still think that he might be hanging out there? Yeah, I don't think that him dying in the hospital as opposed to the playhouse means anything. I think if if someone and this is a case where I'm like, oh, I just said, who the hell wants to haunt a gristmill? Well, acting is this guy's life. So why wouldn't he want to like hang out here afterwards if he's doesn't want to leave yet? Sure. Or maybe there's residual energy of him just hanging out because he enjoyed his time in the theater so much. And to me, that sounds like plausible. I mean, even historically speaking. Even if the story is off by a little bit, you know, the thing that actually killed him, well, it happens in the theater. So, I mean, yeah, I could see him haunting that place. Uh, there's a lot of emotion and stuff that happens when you're acting. And it, if he was there for a while, he could definitely be like 
emotionally connected to that area. Then there's a lady in white story. I love the story, but it's absolutely there's no way to like find out if it's true or not. It was a good tale. They they kept telling it up until the very end, actually. So so I'll tell you what it is, and then you guys can decide if you think that it's it was real or not. It was real, hundred percent. Already decided. like i said the theater used to be several different buildings that were all bought out by the same family and then they kind of combined them all together into the playhouse adding a little bit more at a time as places became available to buy they would purchase it so there were four theaters all together one of the buildings that that used to be here though was uh, a german social club and apparently there was a, a woman who got married she's our woman in white found out the night of her reception that her husband had been cheating on her with a woman from a brothel that used to be upstairs because that's another thing that this building was apparently. And that sort of ties in because it's mentioned several times that the the upstairs portions used to be part of row homes on the back end. So it's possible that that that's where the brothel used to be as well. And there's another ghost that comes into play in a minute up there. Uh, she finds out about this. She kills her husband, shoots him, shoots the woman upstairs, and then shoots herself. Oh, okay. That's, I mean. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. And the legend is that she used to walk back and forth along the, one of the upper balconies. One person who worked there claimed to have seen her where he was like going to turn a light out and he turned around and like there's this woman in white pointing a gun in his face to which he quickly got the fuck out of there. Uh, yeah, nope. Yeah, he no, he noped out. Yeah, but it's kind of difficult to find that. And I, man, I even tried sifting through from that website actually for news articles about a murder suicide or anything to that effect. Couldn't find anything on the website. Thought, okay, well, maybe it happened after 1914. Searching, 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 did not find anything that could corroborate that there was this murder suicide. Good story. <laughs> Good story. Don't know if that one's true. <laughs> and now we'll never know because nobody can get in the fucking building right now anyway. I mean, all for nothing. Legally. <laughs> right? <laughs> Legally. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. And that was on the balcony of the Hamlet Street Theater, by the way. In case anybody wondered, but this doesn't matter because you can't get there. So, fuck. Once again, legally. Legally. And there's another really bizarre story that involves a seance from 1974. And I, I just, again, interesting story. But um, can I just ask, like, if there was a building in the 70s, did they like have like legally have to do a seance in it? Because I just feel like <laughs> everywhere got seanced in the 70s. <laughs> Yes, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. It was like, oh, this is a building that has a lot of people in it. Let's do a seance. Let's do a seance. Make sure we're teenagers. Like, was it just video games weren't a thing? So instead of doing like Mario Kart, they were like, ah, let's talk to ghosts. Well, it was (laughs) it was Halloween night on 1974. I was born. Yeah. Yeah, like a hundred years before that. We know you're old. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One day, one day I'm gonna die. Jesus. Oh, so the, the, <laughs> <laughs> by Odin's beard, JC. 
It's like, Christ, what? man, chill. Yeah. No, I'm good. Don't let me come over there. I did say there was one other story. It had to do with the upstairs row homes or the, the area that used to be row homes. And upstairs. That lady was called Weeping Eleanor. And her story was that supposedly when it was still row homes, the fire spread through there and killed, I'm sorry, killed only her and her daughter. And that she's heard crying at night in the dressing room area because that's what it, you know, where the dressing rooms are now is where the where the row home houses used to be and again i couldn't find anything specific about any fires that would have happened pre uh 1940 or after 1914 and pre-1914 really the biggest fire in pittsburgh was like the fire of pittsburgh that wiped out one third of the city and wow that is a story and a half that is a story and a half i was able to read the original newspaper articles about that fire and it was devastating yeah yeah so i got really angry about that just because there's nothing you can't go there anymore and they're probably going to tear it down so it makes me sad to think that you know john johns is going to be well it'd be interesting if john johns ghost winds up finding the new location that's already opened wouldn't that be interesting what if he's really just attached to items that were coming over from the playhouse. Hmm. Mm. Right? Indubitably. I want to know, because I think that that's a ghost that could exist and does have a very good possibility of still wanting to hang out with the Pittsburgh Playhouse, no matter where it is. The next one I'm going to mention, not quite as uh, sexy as the last one. The last one's good. <laughs> so Philadelphia Academy of Music. And I've been in this building quite a few times it is on 240 south broad street in philadelphia it's got a lot of historic moments attached to it you've got visits from ulysses s grant grover cleveland richard nixon right now it is host uh, to the philadelphia orchestra opera company of philadelphia and the pennsylvania ballet now i've been there for both opera and for orchestra just as an aside, and also a really cool thing that I got to see, I think it was in the early 80s, where it was all of the, f the original Philadelphia musicians from rock and roll that were still alive at the time. They all came on stage and performed one after the other. It was an absolutely amazing. And I was a kid, like, you know, I think I was maybe 12 or something. And we got dropped off, me and my cousin, we got dropped off at the Academy of Music and got to go be at balcony seating and it was just cool because they're basically just rock and roll legends from Philly. But anyway, I have a friend who works there. So I texted her and I said, hey, it's coming up as a haunted location. Have you had any weird shit happen to you? And uh, she's very funny. I love her. Hey, Karen. Love you. I know you're listening. Basically, she was like, I, I think I actually asked the question, has anything happened to you personally? That was weird. And of course, she's like, no, not really. She says not really, but then she's like, but I do feel kind of weird in the amphitheater, which is funny because that's one of the places that has come up several times as other people feel like they're being watched or something is up in that area. And then she goes on to tell me that she does sometimes when she's doing the night rounds, she has the security guard with her because she feels like she's not alone necessarily well yeah the security guards right there no 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 i mean as in, you know, <laughs> in damn it right through the fucking mic okay so so i'm like all right i get it you don't want to say that that's anything in particular because again she's super level-headed so she's like 
I don't want to say that's anything in particular because it could just be it's dark downstairs, especially and it's dark in the stairwells. And we all know that feeling of you're in the dark and you can sometimes feel like you're not by yourself and it freaks mm-hmm. you out. But then she said, yes, other people, though, have seen something in the amphitheater. And she's like, I haven't really I haven't really seen anything. But she's like, but I felt a presence and I've seen shadows. And I'm like, there you go. That is exactly the thing (laughs) that people have seen in the amphitheater. I love that. I haven't seen anything. Right. But I've seen shit. I've seen shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making fun of you, Karen. I love you. Wow. I love you to death. But that was funny. I did get a kick out of that. I was like, I haven't really seen anything, but there's shadows. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a thing in paranormal. That's actually a thing. And I thankfully have never seen those. JC's seen them. Sure have. Lots of times. Don't recommend. Right. <laughs> Do not recommend. Cord, have you seen Shadow of People? I can't remember. Uh oh yeah. We didn't get into those stories. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. I know. Settle down. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> the other the other thing would be in the Philadelphia Academy of Music is um, seat cushions look like someone has been sitting in them when the place has been empty for a while. So you know perhaps something is lurking about, but nobody really makes as as big a deal about it as perhaps the next place that we're going to talk about. And this place had a synchronicity because I was just considering what my next little side mission was going to be when it came to true crime in Pennsylvania. Cause I like to pick ones that are like very old, but maybe things that people don't know too much about. And I did already pick the, the next, next one is, is already pretty much over and written, but I was considering doing the Paxton boys after this next one that hopefully will drop in October for you guys. And wouldn't you know the Fulton theater is very much connected to the Paxton boys. Paxton. Not going to get too much into them because, like I said, I pretty much in my mind solidifies that we should, at least I should talk about them on a little true crime side mission. And I'm putting them in true crime because to me, they were serial killers of Native Americans. And they were fucking assholes. Except, unfortunately, at the time, they had the okay from our state to do terrible things to our native people but that that whole story is for another for another time but it is connected to the fulton theater and i'll tell you guys how now this one's really cool and this is the difference to me between what was happening with the oyster mill playhouse and what the investigations were done here at the fulton i found out after i already decided to do this episode and after I decided that Fulton should be on the list. Do you guys know the television show Portals to Hell? No. Record said no. I only recently found out about this because I don't really pay attention to cable television anymore. And I don't have Discovery Plus. Same. Right. Uh, but I was watching Ghost Over on Travel Channel. And Jack Osborne was on there with his mom and dad watching the paranormal caught on video stuff and asking you know his parents ozzy osborne and sharon osborne what was spooky and what wasn't to them and it was pretty cute and then i realized oh my god jack has a tv show and is a paranormal investigator now (laughs) okay at first i thought 
I, honestly, I was like, feels kind of lame to me. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. But then I dove a little bit deeper into who he was working with. And I thought, oh, you know what? Interesting. Could not place his partner, Katrina Weidman. I could not place her. I was like, man, she looks familiar. Why do I know her? Turns out she was originally on Paranormal State. Oh. There you go. I like Paranormal. Well. Uh, yeah, I know. They had a heavy use of the Warren. Well, Elizabeth Warren, but. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> is that not. Wait. No. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> you're thinking of like, like Jesus. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Who? Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, Lorraine Warren. Lorraine okay, Warren. So I wasn't Lorraine that far Warren. off. Lorraine I had the Warren so... right. Oh, my God. Jesus. Look. I was like, Elizabeth Warren is a senator from Massachusetts. <laughs> what the fuck, JC? Look, I had the last name. She should be a ghost hunter. Can you imagine Elizabeth Warren being a fucking ghost hunter? Hell yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about her, so. She's awesome. Anyway, the reason that I didn't like Paranormal State in the end was because, unfortunately, there was some fakery towards the end of the show. Yeah. It was very unfortunate. And it and no, um, it was one person in particular. If you guys want to look it up, if our listeners want to look it up, feel free. I don't really feel like getting in it, into it on the show. I will say that I still have the utmost of respect for just about everybody on the show except for one dude. So, you know, it's only it's like it's one dude's fault. That's that's where I'm going with that. So interesting. Chip Coffee, who I adore. He is wonderful. I follow him on Insta. We're basically uh -huh. best friends. Right. <laughs> Maybe one day he'll come on the show. Who knows? And Michelle Bollinger, who, yes, I would absolutely love to have Michelle on the show at some point. <laughs> She's fantastic. Uh, these two were connected with Paranormal State back when it first started and when it was very much cool and very interesting to watch. And Katrina was part of that, too. So I was like, ah, gotcha. Well, I like her. She's very good. She's really dedicated paranormal investigator these guys went into the fulton and did a, a full investigation while it was closed during the during covid so however it's always had its legends one of the prominent hauntings there again is an actress so the same as like john john's stuck around supposedly mary cahill has stuck around as well now suck part i could not find anything at all about why this particular actress would be wanting to hang out at this particular theater. She was a really well-known silent actress and uh, vaudeville performer. There is a great little song by her called Under the Bamboo Tree. I wound up doing a, a whole bunch of research on her, wanted to you know, find out more about her. And so I listened to the song and I was like, oh my God, that is a song that my great-grandmother used to hum and then my grandfather would sing it to me occasionally it just has some cute funny little lyric to it very vaudevillian and you know anyway apparently there's a portrait of her housed in backstage and they put a black shroud over it prior to a performance and then supposedly quote-unquote mysteriously fall down jc you're gonna laugh so in the 1990s though okay <laughs> a bunch of young people in the theater group decided they were gonna pull out a ouija board <laughs> oh here we go i wanted to try not to laugh and then well 
are pulling out the Ouija board and they attempt to communicate with the spirits. The spirit supposedly wrote on the board LG, which is apparently short for little girl. I mean, if they say so. <laughs> Here's the intriguing part about that. It's the name given to one of the, I believe it was 14 total Conestoga Native Americans who were massacred on this site. And there is a plaque there that commemorates them inside the theater. There's a plaque. Right. One of, one of those names is Little Girl. And this is where the Paxton boys come in. Pennsylvania decides that they're going to crack down on Native Americans uh, rising up, you know, after their land was stolen from them. And they say it's okay for these bands of people to go out and teach them a lesson, basically. And that that lesson includes killing them legally. (laughs) You know, well, Mm. you know what I mean? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. The Fulton actually stands on the site of where the old jailhouse was. Now, people actually thought they were trying to do something good. So it it wasn't just the Conestoga tribe. There was another another tribe that escapes me right now, but I know it wasn't just them. It could have been in Susquehanna. I can't remember. But anyway, I'll get into it further when I do the actual Paxton boys. But uh, 1763 is the the massacre, and it's two days after Christmas. So there are these um, 14 or so people made up of men, women, and children. They are put into the prison and locked in for their safety. And I mean this, people were literally trying to save them. They were trying to hide them. This, of course, backfires terribly when the Paxton boys find out that they got easy pickings inside the jail mm-hmm. and they murdered all of them mm-hmm. right there as far as that part of the haunting goes some people will say that they'll feel things they feel sadness they've all the normal things that you probably feel about you know something that terrible that happened there but occasionally you'll hear drumming sounds interesting people have said they've heard screams uh coming from a corner of the building that was definitely built over the prison's foundation. That's what's going on. Don't you just love American history? Oh, God, it's so depressing. So. <laughs> and I was putting off, I was like, you know, I could talk about the Paxton Boys one and one of my little side missions, but uh, I didn't want to because they're so fucking terrible. But then I'm like, well, you know what? That's That's a synchronicity to me, so I'm going to do it now. What I did find was an article from the Fulton being interviewed about the procedures and like how Katrina and uh, Jack and their team came in and you know one could say well of course they're going to have a glowing recommendation for them because they're coming to their theater and blah 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 but they did though they they did have a very glowing recommendation as far as like everything they did was on was on the up and up and Katrina is from Bucks County she's she's from here so uh, she was very interested in this haunting herself and knew a lot of the history already because she's from here. So kudos to her on that one anyway, because they said she was very interesting to talk to, was on top of everything. They'd already done a ton of research on their own, which I commend them for. And now I want to watch this episode because I want to know what, what they found. And so and, and apparently we're very, very sweet and very respectful of the area. And I I enjoy that. So 
yay maybe maybe the show's good i don't know have not watched it <laughs> so no opinion yet but i will i will watch it and i'll let you guys know what i think about it so anyway yeah so that's that is what i have for the most quote unquote the most haunted theaters of pennsylvania so far well that was informative um you're like i'm hungry and i want to go now I was definitely paying attention to the entire thing. It was it was a good store. It was it was well done all around. Oh, thanks. Are you are you critiquing me? Is my is my host critiquing me? What's no, the I mean, <laughs> I'm literally saying you did a good job. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> thanks, JC. I tried to be some do something nice. <laughs> uh. I did a lot of research, but I was getting frustrated and angry, but I did. I was like, ah, I want to get a hold of that book, though. I feel like if I have that book in my hands, this this ridiculously overpriced history book that I probably will. Hey, I shouldn't say that. You never know when the history book's going to come in handy. But I think that'll put to, to bed like the whole concept of like, this was not a farmhouse motherfucker. Like, I just mm, I got I got feelings about it. And I think we need to do, we need to go do an on-site investigation. Yeah, that's been, like, what we wanted to do, and then stupid COVID, and then fucking... Saying, like, we should go see a show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. And then, like, during the show, we'll just be like, what's your EMF thing say? (laughs) Just look around, just like, and that light's kind of flickering. Ask the person next to you, hey, you see any ghosts? I'll, I'll have the ovulus out. Hey, by chance, <laughs> you see any ghosts? Get a, get a like, white noise machine. They just kind of like randomly look at you, just like, what? You see any ghosts around here? No? Uh, okay, thanks. Get an investigation, guys. Get an investigation. High fives all around. High fives all around. And then the play was really good, too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are superb. Fantastic. <laughs> well, we didn't find any ghosts, but we did find a good story. Our featured music today is, again, from Antipole with a song called Here I Am, which features Mark Lewis. You can find this on the album Radio Glare, and that's available on Bandcamp, which we will have links to in the show notes. And I highly suggest, I mean, both this one and then we played a song before from a Haunted Place album, which was again anti-pole but it featured uh kill shelter which i don't think i actually gave enough props to kill shelter because dude they're like freaking awesome too i love that whole album you will see i think that i did already rate that album on Bandcamp. so yeah anyway let me get back uh spooky squad news and uh possibly shout outs
Hey there, spooksters. Kiki here, interrupting the show for just a minute to remind you to check out the Ghoulish Garb Etsy shop. The Ghoulish Garb is owned by a friend of the podcast, Shanna Stoker, and is home to the Terror Tarot, a 22-card major arcana tarot deck. Embodying the essence of the traditional rider weight, this major arcana deck features a vibrant and frightening rendition of each card, reimagining every symbolic aspect from the grave up. Every beautifully haunting image was meticulously designed, hand-drawn, and colored. The 22 reversible black-edged cards are finished with a lavish, soft-touch matte lamination and illustrate iconic Halloween and horror characters such as Dr. Frankenstein, Dracula, and my personal favorite, the Headless Horseman as the death card. The deck comes with an 82-page full-color guidebook containing detailed explanations of each emblematic figure and interpretation. This booklet provides a deeper insight into the artistic liberties taken in creating the deck, appealing to the tarot beginners and enthusiasts alike. If you'd like to hear more about Shanna's process of creation for these wonderfully macabre designs, please go listen to episode 61 where she was our guest. Not a fan of using tarot, but love the designs? Well, Ghoulish Garb has you covered, with hoodies and t-shirts displaying their best-selling tarot designs. Again, my personal favorites are The Headless Horseman, The Morrigan, Freya, Diana, and Yamaya. Not into t-shirts? Well, you can grab a poster of your favorite design or even an affordable sticker pack. So, stop on over to The Ghoulish Garb, located on Etsy, where Spooky lives all year long. Welcome back, you sons of witches and daughters of somethings. Werewolves. Sure, yeah. I've added some things to Patreon. Ugh. I keep I keep adding things onto Patreon as much as I possibly can. Uh, we have our shop at Redbubble, which I've really been focusing mostly on Redbubble because I really enjoy making stickers. And so this time around, if you're a patron at all, you get these cute little spooky stickers that I made uh, as a downloadable PNG file that you can print off at home. Otherwise, you have to purchase them on Redbubble. And I've got a couple things like that. And of course, we still have our Sword of Hexa Lola Maria from our last Chord versus Cryptid and the Lalachusa yes. card and the Van Meter Visitor card. And I'm working on another thing. And so, by the way, Chord versus Cryptid is just on a short hiatus until after we're done spooky season because we are going to be putting out episodes every single week that focus on just spooky shit. Oh, yeah. Oh yes, and, and and I confirm yes. The the they're cute vintage Halloween stickers is what I call them, and they're uh, either one dollar on up to the five dollar level. So those are adorable, and I'm gonna try to do some more stickers like that that are just little things that you guys, if you decide to help us out, you will get to print off at home. Cool. Yeah. So one dollar level also gets you our booper reels. I just put I think reel number seven up there. There's like I got four more on the docket ready to go. I got to just edit them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy the amount of bullshit that JC says that I have to cut out of this fucking podcast. Anyway, <laughs> the tier two is still all of that stuff, plus the added bonuses from Chord versus Cryptid. Five dollar level. I have officially quit my job in retail hell, people. I am done, which means that Kiki is definitely going to start being available on discord once a month you can come hang out with me and whoever decides to 
also hang out with me for like an hour and chat on Discord. On a special server, I should say. On a special server, as long as you're at the $5 level, you get access to that server only. And you never know who's going to show up. So It could be me. Could be JC. Could be Cord. Could be Tyler Strand. You never know. Could be Shanna Stoker. It could be Hopper, my cat. It, I was about to say, it could be my dog. <laughs> <laughs> my kid, yelling in the background. It probably will be. <laughs> Very laid back and relaxed. And I'm going to try to have uh, maybe a theme going forward. So that's so the themes will start in November because I will definitely be able to. You know, we, we we had just like a Q&A type thing, but eh, not not a whole lot of interest. I think if we do an actual theme like, hey, we're going to talk about this tonight for an hour. Come on over uh, if you want to pay f- the extra five bucks a month yeah be a part of our conversations there's a whole bunch of free stuff that we do all the time too like if you follow just follow us on twitter i usually have polls we're going to start peculiar pennsylvania back up again in november too so i'll have a poll for that in october um we're on instagram i try to talk about like just post stupid paranormal memes and just have fun with that and and we're on youtube and if you are listening right now please just go subscribe to us Hit that sub button. So taking us out once again is Antipole from the album Radio Glare. And it is Here I Am featuring Mark Lewis. And as always, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. If you could contact us via elaborately thought out scavenger hunts that lead to the actual note that you would like to leave for us. Thanks. Thanks.